This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So, this is Bloomberg Business Week. Carol Masser along with Alex Steele. Jason Kelly's off. So, Alex, we caught up with our next guest um, back in mid-April. We wanted to see how things were going when it comes to the fitness and gym world. So we wanted to check in again today, see how things are going, and get some updates on reopenings uh, and what life is like in a COVID-19 world. Back with us is Crunch CEO Jim Rowley. He's on the phone from Alamo, California. Hey, Jim, uh, nice to have you here with Alex and myself. How are you? I'm good, Carol. Thanks for having me back. And Alex, uh, we haven't met before, but uh, appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. I'm, I'm, I'm a gym buff. So, I mean, I'm not buff, but I'm a gym person. So I <laughs> she <do>. is pretty <laughs> buff. <laughs> so, that makes you qualified. <laughs> so tell us about your world. I mean, I've got in front of me a pretty in-depth plan on your reopening. So tell us a little bit about it uh, and how it might go. Yeah, so we, we've, we've been fortunate in many states uh, – about 25 states were open. Our franchise network's open. That uh, is about 175 gyms. But we've got another 175 or so that are still closed, namely New York and California. So those two states have created a significant amount of frustration, especially with the governor coming out and saying that gyms are problematic. I mean, that's just fake news. I, I don't even know uh, where that comes from. Uh, we've got hundreds of gyms open. We're not problematic. We're probably better suited as a solution than we are a problem. So we're a little frustrated by that. Um, but well, the, what do they have, Jim, 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 what do they have wrong, especially since you guys have gyms open? And just kind of remind our audience where you've got gyms open, just so we have an idea of, of where you're talking about. Yeah, so we're, we've got franchise locations in, in more than 35 states, and we're opening about 25 of them. I want to, I'll spare your uh, listeners the list of all of them, but uh, a significant amount in Florida and Texas, Mississippi, Alabama. Um, all through the Midwest and so forth, and the, and the gyms are doing fine. They're adhering to very stiff cleaning procedures. We've got, you know, we spent over a quarter of a million dollars um, since March 17th just um, building a sanitation plan, you know, uh, our, our media and marketing plan to ensure that the members and team members are safe, um, sanitary habits, the cleaning solutions. We've even purchased air fix systems, which actually sanitize the air and cure or uh, kill the COVID virus and then put fresh air back out. So we've, we've done a significant amount to ensure that the teams are safe and the members are safe. And to say that it, the gyms are problematic and not cite where that's coming from is difficult for us. I mean, it, it feels like the rhetoric is, is that you're doing a lot of cardio and so you're breathing a lot and you're exhaling a lot and you're sweating. So like at some point that's going to make it onto somebody else, even if you're cleaning the equipment very well. I mean, when I run, I run outside, I even wear a mask, even though it sucks because I don't want to get any of my stuff out there. Um, was that wrong? No. First of all, the, the equipment is all six feet apart. So if you're running and you're exhaling and you're wearing a mask, um, you know, you're six feet apart from the nearest person. We, we hope that you're following all the cleaning and sanitation um, requirements as well. Plus, if you're fit and healthy, your ability to um, stave off this virus and, and it'd be better suited if you do get the virus is much better if you're fit and healthy. You know, there's been a lot of reports over the past 10 days around uh, obesity and morbid obesity and the fact that if you are obese or morbidly obese, the vaccines might not even work. So if, if we've got, a, you know, greater than 50% of our population in the U.S. is overweight or obese and none of the gyms are open, that seems to be like a bigger problem to me um, than if the gyms are open and people are getting healthy and, and they're working on, on uh, you know, the, the antibodies in, in their own system to be able to fight the virus. But Jim, again, 
No, go ahead. Finish, please. One, one quick yeah. data point. We sure. Were, we were open from, from June 12th to July 13th in California. We were open for 30 days. And just in the crunch universe, we did 736,000 workouts, and we had four reported cases. Four. So gyms are not the problem. We're not seeing that um, through, our, through our network. And if we do get somebody that reports as positive, we quarantine them for at least 14 days, and they've got to have a negative test before they can reenter the gym. So nowhere in your network, and I'm only doing this because I know our listeners and people are messaging me, there's nowhere in your network where things have all of a sudden quickly escalated out of control? Not, at, not from the crunch gyms, no. Do you, do you guys have like contact tracing and stuff? So say if I'm a member, do I have to let you know that I come down with it? And then do you contact trace at all? So we, it's one of the beauties of, of having the software system that we have. So we know the, the name, email, and address, um, contact information of all of our members, when they checked into the gym, how long, um, or, or the other members that checked in at the same time. And in the event that we get a, a positive result, we can contact the members and let them know that, that, that somebody was in the gym during the same time that they were. And again, Safeway can't do that. Costco can't do that. Home Depot can't do that. Those are all open. Um, I don't see anybody cleaning behind me when I go to the grocery store if I touch something and put it back on the shelf. But we clean after every person. We've got multiple sanitation stations, and we can contact trace. So give me an idea that if I walk into one of your gyms, so how, what's the experience going to be? And I am curious about how many people do you kind of max out? Are you, are you running at 50% capacity, 25% capacity within a gym environment? Yeah, so when you, when you enter the gym, there's going to be a lot of marketing material telling you exactly where to go. It starts with the six-foot distancing, where to check in. We have contactless check-in. We shut down all the water faucets, so there's no contamination risk there. We've got multiple cleaning stations with towel or with uh, paper uh, towels and cleaning supplies to wipe down the equipment. Every other piece of cardio is shut off. All the other strength equipment is six feet apart. There's, there's, there's language all over the facility to tell you kind of what to do if you're unsure. And to your question about check-ins, our, our check-ins have been less than 50%. So there's already – the members are self-regulating. So in the gyms that are open, we're not seeing capacity at any point. And these gyms are 20,000 square feet or more, and they're open – you know, some are open uh, 15 to 18 hours a day, and they're doing 500 workouts, 600 workouts a day. So the spacing between the workout and the volume and so forth is almost self-regulating. But – you know, we're going to do some news, Jim, but I do wonder, too, if you guys, though, have a kind of a ceiling of how many people you would let into a gym anyway. Just quickly, and then we'll do some news and come back. Just got about 30 seconds. Yeah, if any local authority wants us to, to restrict access, we can do that. We can have an appointment system, and we can regulate check-ins by the hour. And I forgot because we're not going to – we're going to keep going, Jim, as we wait for the president because we do expect <laughs> an update. Okay, so I'm sorry. Say that again for me because I was listening to our producer. So what's your ceiling? So, well, any local authority that says you can only go to 25%, 30%, or 50%, we can regulate that through an employment system. Um, in most of our gyms, we don't have that regulation. Every, the members are really self-regulating right now. We're doing less than half workouts that we would do normally. Uh, can you give me some, and you might have answered this the last time you were on with Carol, but, but humor me. Did you have to take any PPP loans? Did you, uh, what, what have you been able to do in the last six months to kind of get over this hump? Yeah, the, the corporation hasn't been able to take anything. We, we are, uh, you know, too, too uh, 
I think too big to qualify, too small to matter. So we, we weren't eligible for anything. Um, the franchise network, many of them, um, we've got about 100 franchisees. They were able to participate, yes. Uh, but uh, as, as a corporation, no. So talk to us a little bit then about the outlook from here, Jim. I mean, how are your franchisees doing? Um, you know, have some of them had to close down as a result of the environment? Give us an idea of what kind of visibility you've got, because I think we're, you know, we're trying to talk to folks like yourself to get an idea of, of what the economic environment looks like and what it might still be for the rest of the year. Yeah, the economic environment, I think, is, is unhealthy uh, to mm. just point it. Uh, just to be to just be point blank here, that uh, we've we've got many of our gyms and the franchise network were able to get uh, some PPP loans and they've been able to stay afloat. But in the in New Jersey and New York and California, we've got hundreds of gyms. They're still closed, and you know the real problem and that nobody continues to nobody picks up on is the landlords. The landlords are still demanding rent, or they're putting us into default, or they're sending us termination notices as we haven't paid. Um, some are working with us and have been fantastic and, and providing abatements. Others are working on a deferral program, but many are insisting on, on full rent payments. And that's, that's just ridiculous for a business that's making no money to be able to pay the rent. I can tell you at the corporate level, just in deferrals alone, I've got to pay $15 million in rent next year. Hmm. Wow. So that's, that's waiting for me once we get open. I'm, not, I'm making Yikes. no money in the, you know. So, so, so aside from, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was wondering that aside from 100% reopening and going back to 100% capacity, um, what do you need? Like, do you need loan forgiveness? Do you need, do you need to have a program where you would qualify for some help? Like, what would be the best thing for you? The best thing for us is in the remaining states that the governors allow us to open, even if they put requirements on us, allow us to get the members activated again, allow us to generate some revenue. That's better than any any government loan that we've got to uh, to get access or that we'd have to pay back and everything else. Just allow us to open, even if you give us a date and time. Because right now in California and New York, we don't even have a date. Nobody's talking to us about, okay, after Labor Day, you'll be able to open. And here are the requirements. Give us those. Allow us time to prepare, and we'll even be better organized for that. But let us open. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, and I thought it was interesting what you said about how, you know, your check-ins are about 50% with members kind of regulating themselves, and I get that. I think there's a lot of responsible individuals, Jim, who are out there who are doing that, but as you know, California was doing well, and then it wasn't doing, because there are folks that aren't doing what the CDC recommends, you know, wear a mask, do social distancing, so, you know, you got to understand, don't you, like, to some extent where, you know, states and, you know, leaders are kind of grappling with and trying to figure this one out. I, I do. I understand. Look, their, their, their task is unbelievable to be able to look after the health of their constituency and ensure that they're doing the right thing. But if you look at the way that they've done things, the businesses that they've allowed to be open, you know, why do we have marijuana businesses open? Why do we have a lot of businesses open that are not prop- properly distancing or, or, or decontaminating and so forth. I've got protocols in place. I also have membership. It's not public access. Mm-hmm. It's private access via membership. So if members are not adhering to policies, I can cancel their membership. If they refuse to wear a mask, if they refuse to uh, keep six feet, if they refuse to clean after themselves, I can terminate them. That's something that we, we can have through the membership. The same can't be said for a lot of these businesses that are open. And look, I'm not just advocating, you know, for uh, crunch. I'm advocating for our entire uh, 
uh, fitness industry. It's a $30 billion a year industry. And there's a prediction that more than 25% of the brick and mortar gyms in the U.S. will be closed by December. Yeah. And not no. reopening. Yeah, and especially some of those smaller boutique fitness um, outlets. Uh, no doubt about that, they're having a tough time. Hey, listen, Jim, nice to check in with you. Totally understand, you know, kind of where you're coming from. Jim um, Rowley, he is the CEO of Crunch. He's joining us on the phone from Alamo, California.